Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Find Me in a Book podcast. I'm your host, Tav, and I hope that you had the best holiday last week. It was Thanksgiving here in the U.S. It was fun. It was very relaxing for the husband and I. We literally didn't go anywhere. Um, We were supposed to have plans uh, about an hour and a half away from us where the husband's brother lives, um, but their kids came down with RSV and it was really rough. So we decided not to go um, just because we didn't want to stress them out. And uh, so we just had our own little Thanksgiving here and it was so cute. We've done it before, like just me and him. And so like we weren't mad about it or anything. And plus like Thanksgiving isn't a huge deal to us. Like we don't go out and like just have big family parties like we they used to do like husband's family used to do like the the turkey bowl and they did fun runs and everything like that but because everyone's kind of away from each other now they don't do that anymore and so we don't really have like any traditions but yeah no it was super relaxing like we had a good meal we just watched movies I read the whole time And literally, it was so chill and so nice. I definitely caught up on my sleep, which that has been very much lacking the past couple months. I just, I mean, I sleep well. I just don't get enough of it because, hello, I read clear into the night and um, convinced myself that I just need to do one more chapter. And then really, I'm like, oh, I only have like 20% left. I'll just finish it. And then it's like three in the morning and I'm like, well, dang it okay, well, I guess I'll go to bed now and wake up in three hours. Literally, that happens to me at least a couple times a week. You'd think I'd learn, but I just, I don't because I enjoy reading so much. And I'm like, I don't need sleep. It's fine. I don't need sleep. I'll just go to bed earlier tomorrow. And then, yeah, that never happens. I'm excited about this episode. I mean, okay, so excitement. I'm excited to talk about it. Am I excited about the book? We'll get into that. Uh, This is episode 54. It is A Light in the Flame, which is the Flesh and Fire book number two from Jennifer Armitrout, and it was just released like last week. Yes, this book is way spicier than the first one. Remember last week when I was like, oh yeah, um, not too spicy, which it wasn't. The first, first book was not that spicy. Like there were some situations. This one, whoo Oh boy, it's way spicy. It's like a 3.5 out of 5. And it's pretty descriptive too. So hold on to your britches there. Uh, Would I recommend it to my sister still? Yes. Uh, She has read the first one. She has to reread it, I believe, before she starts on this one. But I told her to not hurry about rereading the first one and reading this one. But I'm going to say overall, I was kind of disappointed in this book. I really was. Which we'll go through the whole book, which spoilers by the way i mean if you didn't realize that last episode this this episode is all the spoilers of course because we're going on with nyctos and sarah's story and it is in the same realm as the poppy and cass's story that's the blood and ash series the nyctos and sarah is the prequel um to all of the other blood and ash series like thousands and thousands of years prequel but it still like has the same type of characters like gods that are mentioned in the blood and ash series are alive during this time in this series and just like the words that come out and the terms that you're like oh my gosh these are all making sense like it i enjoyed it i loved the events that happened but uh, 
to be honest, it wasn't my favorite because of course there's a cliffhanger, which I'm not mad about. And going back through the notes, it reminded me of some situations that I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. Okay, I really like that. Uh, But if we're being honest, she could basically cut out the middle and move the ending to the middle and then just keep expounding on the end. It was kind of a drag. It really was. And when I finished the book, I looked over at husband and I was like, son of a B word. That was not what I wanted. And I was not satisfied. Yes, of course, we learned so much again, because these books are very much detail oriented, like so much detail is in these books, which I love. I love the world that's being created. I love everything that's happening. It's just there's not enough action happening. Like it's not progressing the storyline enough or I guess fast as fast as I want it to be because yeah sure things are revealed throughout but it's not till the very end that there's like this big reveal and you're like what the heck like it could have happened a long time ago why are we just learning about it now and yeah so I have some qualms about this book overall yes I did enjoy it I did like reading about these characters again I did like how they are more in depth now, like you have a a broader or not really a broader picture of these characters, but like you get more of who they are and why they acted how they did in certain situations that happened in like the first book and even in situations that happen in this book where you're like, oh, they did that because they thought this and this past that they have caused this. And so you're able to see more of like how they are the way that they are, like where they're at in their life right now because of like previous choices. So I thought that was very interesting. So yeah, let's kind of just get into it. It's it's a lot of information again, a lot of information. The world is still being built. More information is just coming out. So if you have any questions, definitely reach out to me. I'll try and answer as best as I can. But my main recommendation is just to read the books, read the Blood and Ash series first and then read this series and it will answer like all of your questions. Because, again, I'm not able to really tell you all of the details because there's so much detail. So, so, so much. But I'm going to try the best that I can in helping you understand what is happening in this world with Nyctos and Sarah. So it left off with Nyctos and Sarah. They were with the goddess Penelope and they were with the array, which is the fates. His name was Holland, which he was he was called like Sir Holland to Sarah because he taught her how to fight and taught her like a lot of different things. He was like Victor in Poppy's book. And he was kind of like her own little Victor, which we learned about Victors in the first book. A little bit more anyways. So we leave off with them in, I don't even know if they were in like the ballroom or where they were. Uh, But basically Holland is telling her that, telling Sarah that she is the heir to the land and sea, skies and realms. A queen instead of a king, you are the primal of life. Which basically the primal of life is the most powerful being like literally better than all the other primals and gods like the king of the gods that's what they're saying that she is Penelope she looks over at Nyctos and says like hey yes she has the embers of life but her mortal body can't handle them once she begins her ascension so she's gonna 
die, basically. For this ascension, it requires the blood of the primal of uh, that the embers of life belong to. So, duh, Nyctos. It requires his blood. That and sheer will powered by love. Okay, well, now that's a big thing. Nyctos has to love her for her to be able to go through this ascension. So they kind of like put that on the back burner for a little bit. And they ask Penelope and Holland about the revenants that Collis is creating. And this is where they first mentioned the Craven, which we kind of talked about the Craven in the first book, like last episode, that her seamstress we talked about had like the four fangs and a lot of different situations that I'm like, oh, is that Craven? Yes, they confirmed that it is Craven, which to remind you, the Craven is what becomes of a mortal when their life force, like their blood, is stolen from them and the loss isn't replenished. So with the Ascension, Basically, all their blood is drawn except for like one drop, and then it's replaced by a primal or a god. Um, that's what was happening in the Blood and Ash series, why Cass and his brother were captured, because it was their blood that was being used to ascend these vampiri. So as they're talking more about the embers, talking about Collis, just talking about everything, Holland mentions actually pretty casually, which is interesting i i mean in my head he was mentioning it pretty casually maybe he wasn't like to anyone else that's like reading this but in my mind he just casually drops this uh that life cannot exist without death and they should not be one and the same which they point out like oh you said should but you didn't say that they can't not that they can't be one and the same and he's like well anything's possible so basically they're saying that there can be a primal of both life and death and that's what Collis wants he wants the power over Elysium which is the realm of the gods and the mortal realm so they're like okay so we're one step closer to figuring out what he really wants and how can we stop him and then it goes back to her back to Sarah ascending and um, how her mortal body basically wouldn't make it and we find out that, of course, Nyctos can't love. I mean, who would have thought, you know? Uh, he said that he made sure that he that it, it would never be a weakness someone could exploit. He had his cardia removed, which I guess the cardia is a piece of the soul that allows them to love another, not of their blood. They're like, oh, well, did he do that because he didn't want to become like his dad? Because his dad kind of went like insane when his mom died and like really was heartbroken and just had a hard time and they're like no 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 he doesn't fear becoming his father he he fears becoming his uncle because remember Collis is his uncle and Collis kept trying to bring that one lady Satoria back even though she didn't want it um and that's whose soul is in Sarah um is Satoria because she keeps getting basically rebirthed uh into a new soul and now she's in Sarah. But yeah, like he doesn't want to become like his uncle Colas, which makes sense. As they're visiting as well, they want to protect Sarah as much as possible. So they bring someone in to create a charm on her so that if anyone were to take her from the palace without her consent, that they be like struck down by like primal ether power or whatever. And guess who does the charm? It's Victor. Uh, like Poppy's Victor, like the very first Victor ever. That's him. And it was really 
cute. Like it was a cute little like appearance, I guess. Um, and he seemed really nice. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's him. So Sarah has a lot of like realizations throughout this book. As the day is going on, she realizes that her whole life she was told become his weakness, make him fall in love, end him. And she always thought it was Nyctos. But now she's like, no, no, no. It wasn't Nyctos. It was Collis. She was a weapon meant to be used against Collis. And so I don't know if it was later that day or sometime that week, a draken appears from a different court and is burning up the blood forest that is just outside of like the palace. And this dragon fire like basically breaks those chains and these starving gods are coming after them. So they're all fighting them. And as I'm, I mean, it was a distraction, of course. And as like they're swarming everywhere, a real god, like an alive one, came and like tried to capture Sarah. He says that she smells like life and like blood and ash, which is very interesting. And at that point, he gets gobbled up by one of their drakens. So we don't even know who he really is. Uh, she's really distraught by this whole like battle type, just not everyone being safe. And so she thinks to herself, which you kind of know where I'm going with this. I feel like every heroine goes through this discussion in their head. She wants everyone to be safe. So she's going to go to call us herself and seduce him and kill him and everything will be totally fine. You know, like they all think that it will be. So she goes through the forest um, and she gets caught in it by shades, um, which I'm not, I can't remember what shades are really, um, but they're basically like undead or just like lost souls, I think. And so she's fighting her way back and somehow she touches one and it starts to grow its body back. But then at that point, Nick Toast finds her and kills all the shades. She was like, wait, 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 no. Like, of course he's mad at her and she's like, I wanted to save everyone. And he's like, what are you talking about? They have this fight. It's it's normal. And so Nectas, uh, the, I mean, the number one Draken at this point. I mean, he's always been number one. He literally was the very first Draken. She tells them what she did with the shade that its body was growing back. And they tell her like, oh, that's interesting. Like Ethos could do it, which is Nectos' dad. Uh, he was the real primal of life. Um, he could raise the bones of the dead. It's not the same as restoring life to the recently dead, though. Which, okay, this got me thinking that when Poppy and Cass go into Elysium, there's all those, like, undead guards. Is that what they're talking about, that he could raise the bones of the dead? I think that's what they're referring to. That to like protect him or protect them. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking though. Let me know your thoughts if that's what you were thinking as well. Um, and this I thought was a cute little snippet. It's not really super important, but Sarah mentions at one point that she believes her parents were heartmates, which um, then Holland says back to her like, heartmates usually only occur between two people whose unions are linked to some great purpose. Which remember that Poppy and Cass are heartmates. We find that out. So that is a really cool little fact. Um, they're linked to some great purpose. So as they're waiting for the coronation to come about, um, because they need the coronation, um, so that she can officially become like the consort and have like the protection of the name, her power is growing a lot. And they're like, we need to get those embers out. Like it is just sinking into you basically. 
And they're like, if we can remove the embers, oh, I kind of revealed, sorry, I kind of revealed things, but yes, they want to remove the embers. And they said, if we can remove the embers, you should be like any goggling entering the calling. And Penelope said we needed to find Delphi, who is a very old and powerful, powerful god of divination. He would know how to remove the embers without killing Sarah. So they have to go to the pools of Devanish to find the location where this guy is, where the and these pools are in the veil, which the veil is like heaven. So then, because if they can transfer like her ember into Nyctos, then he can be the primal of life and death, which I guess we kind of knew that. So it wasn't like a super spoiler. I don't remember at this point what I've said. And they figure out like they, because Collis is so powerful, it's most likely that they're not going to be able to kill him, but they can entomb him, which I'm pretty sure that's what they do is that they entomb him. And then at the very end of, the last book before there's two more books of the blood and ash series by the way that are going to be coming out in the next couple of years but the latest one that's when colas comes back to life like he's out of his entombment uh so yeah they must have entombed him i'm pretty sure they say it in that other series in the blood and ash series but i, I it's just been too long since i read all of them that i can't remember so hopefully you've read it pretty like recently once again they're about to have a coronation because they can like other gods and primals can come in and just like kill her um but if she is officially like nyctos's consort then there's like a bigger deal and they are able to protect her and like all sorts of different political stuff that they mention and so the word gets out to Collis um that this coronation is going to happen and he denies them uh because he wants to give his permission in person i guess in the olden days he wanted it to be more traditional now but i guess like Collis wouldn't care and so you could like marry whoever but of course it's his nephew and he's like "Mm, i'm gonna deny this like you have to come to me in person Sarah freaks out because she's like, well, what if Collis recognizes me as Satoria? Like, he will never let me go. There'll be this big war. Like, we don't want to have a war among primals. And so they're like, no, no, no. Maybe this is like a blessing. We don't know when he's going to summon us, but maybe that gives us enough time to find the guy. I mean, they found the guy. He, which I didn't tell you that. So they, yeah, they went to those pools. They found where this guy is at. They just haven't been able to get to him yet. And so they're like, well, this gives us time to go to that guy and remove the embers before Collis summons us, which they're like, that makes sense. Sarah also realizes that she wants to be Nyctos' consort. Like, she wants to be his queen. She And this is kind of a cute little sentence. She said, despite his very real inability to love, and because of that, all of that, I wanted more. I wanted to be his wife, his partner, his queen. I wanted to be Nyctos' consort, which is cute. I love that. Okay, so I lied earlier. They didn't go to the pools yet. They found out that they do need to go to the pools, which is in the veil. So I kind of jumped ahead. They do go to the veil. They go into the pools, see that Delphi is with Kaylee Balfour, the princess of Ireland. And uh, that's where Delphi is, is at Caldra Manor, which that name sounds really familiar, the Caldra Manor. I was thinking about it. Isn't Balfour, isn't that Poppy's last name? I don't know. That just seems so familiar. Like Kaylee Balfour. Okay. Who's Kaylee Balfour? 
I don't know. It. I need to reread the other books probably. But yeah, it's so familiar. Cauldron Manor. Is that where... I'm trying to think just like right on the spot. Is that where Cass takes her? Where he reveals to her that he is like who he is? Is that where he... I don't know. I don't remember. But anyways, this princess um, was Tavius's betrothed, which, which Tavius was the stepbrother of Sarah, and we hated him, and we're so glad he's dead. And Sarah actually helped Kaylee get out of the castle and not be betrothed to him anymore. So we love that. So they find that out, and only Nectus and Sarah could go to the Vale uh, because, like, I guess Nectos can't. He's the god of death. Um, I guess he can't go to the veil. Uh, so when they get back, like Nectus and Sarah, when they get back, she goes straight into Nectos's office and she sees Vesses, which Vesses is another primal and she's just a mean B word. Like we don't like her. She is drinking from Nectos's neck. Yuck. You know, she's like all over his lap and it's just not a good scene. And I think Nectos is too drained enough to really know what's going on. And so Sarah gets angry. She gets angry, which, duh, she just realized that she wants to be with him and be his queen and all that. Of course she's angry. So she goes down to the very basement because he, like, created this pool for her and it was a very cute gesture. Uh, She gets very angry and she goes into a rage and almost brings down the palace. And Nyctos has to basically put her into a stasis and she sleeps for three days. And she's still so angry. And so when she sees him next, she's like, nope, I'm going to be your consort and name only. There's not going to be anything else. Like, there cannot be anything else. I'm basically done with you. And he's like, well, that's what you want, I guess. And right then, of course... Callus summons them like the worst possible moment like they're fighting and yeah so they go to Delos which is the city of gods where Callus resides and when they walk in it's just like silent there's just carnage and dead bodies everywhere just a really actually brutal description and as the books go on Jennifer Armentrout is very descriptive in how brutal things are And it's just, you just have to skip it because it just kind of makes my stomach queasy. Uh, So yeah, very brutal. And there's this god that appears and he's just like a butthole to Sarah. And so Nyctos like rips his heart out and basically says like, oh yeah, this will show Colas that I mean business. And he's like, he would be surprised if I didn't do this. So that god is obviously dead. Um, and they also meet Attis, I think his name is, he is a primal, him and his brother Kin, um, they are primals there, and they have met Attis before, and he seemed like an okay guy, kind of, I don't know, suspicious, but they felt like they could talk to him here, and he seemed like a nice guy, so they're like, okay, so they go into where Collis is. He appears. Nyctos basically has to act dumb on like the power that was felt throughout like the the realm, and he tells Collis like yeah yeah you know like I searched and I felt for it myself like 
It felt I felt it before in the mortal realm, though less powerful. And I've searched for it. Like I've I found nothing in the Shadowlands. Who could have been responsible for such a burst of power? And then there's like this other god that he's kind of a scumbag. Like he is the primal that Bele, which I guess it's pronounced Bell. Remember that she was ascended in the last book. And they don't know if she's like a primal or like more than a god. But I guess she can like challenge this Hannah's guy for to be like the primal of that court. And so Hannah's is like all against them. Like, give me Bele. He has something up his sleeve, like just calling him out. And Collis is like, um, what are you talking about? So Nyctos is like, okay, so you're suggesting that Collis ascended a god in the Shadowlands for no reason and then left. Like, who else could it have been? Only the primal of life can ascend a god. And basically, like, phrasing it as the other god to make him look dumb. And, of course, Collis is going to be like, yeah, you know, like, I did that. And oh, I don't know what's happening. And Nyctos knows that that Collis doesn't actually have the primal of life anymore. Like, he doesn't have the embers. And so he knows that Collis's control over the other primals would weaken if they believed he no longer had embers of life in him. And it's possible that he believes he can find the source before anyone else. At that moment, too, that God, that his heart was ripped out, he comes into the room, basically, like, they think that he's a revenant because Collis plays it as if he does have the embers of life still so that everyone believes him. But really, they're like, that guy's a revenant. Like, he seems weird. He has no soul. Like something's happening here. Collis is very upset because and feels disrespected that he wasn't asked for permission for Nyctos to take a consort. He was about to have Nyctos do like this task or whatever. But Sarah's like, no, 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 it's my fault. Like I was nervous. I wanted you to prove of me. Just kind of bullshitting her way. And he's like, okay, well, you need to be punished basically. Uh, so he has a draken youth come to basically like in front of the throne and he says you know what if you want to be his consort like you have to kill this draken they're like wait what are you serious and he's like yeah you just you have to do this like unless you don't get my permission so it that makes all of them mad of course and sarah just she shuts down and before she like stabs this youth because she does um, she's filled with so much rage, but she knows that it's not her rage. It's Satoria's rage coming out. And that's when her and Nyctos realizes that Sarah has two souls. She has her soul and she has Satoria's soul. So they're not really like the same person. They're just two souls. They immediately leave after that because he gives them permission. And she's like, take me to Vathy which is Atta's and Kin's court, which is where the Draken youth is going to be put down to rest that she killed. She wants to go and try and revive him. And she's only done it on like humans and like little animals and everything. So they're like, I don't think you can really do this. Like it doesn't really work on Draken. So she goes and she brings him back to life. And there's this power that's felt. And they tell Atta's like, please, like, don't say anything. We're figuring this out. And he's like, okay. I won't say anything. And when they get back, Sarah basically just sits on one of the steps and she just cries. And it says, just like the legend said happened to primals when struck by deep sorrow, I'd cried tears of blood. 
which that's what happens when uh, Poppy gets attacked in like the the temple. Remember, um, I think it was the third book, maybe the second book, where she gets like attacked, like throw like stones are thrown at her, and then it rains blood. Which they're like, it's the tears of the gods or the tears of the primal. Hey, that really happened. So I mean, not that I didn't believe that it happened because obviously this is a book, but like, uh, it just like reconfirms everything which i love i think she gets some sleep next day all of a sudden vesses appears which she's the primal that we really hate we realize that it was her that sent the drake in to unleash the entombed gods and they fight about a lot of things uh they put her in a stasis like they beat her up enough like there's a couple of them um that put her in a stasis and entomb her that's when sarah goes to one of the gods that's like really good friends and guard to Nyctos and says you keep saying that he's given up all the stuff like what has he given up like tell me what he's sacrificed and I guess um, a couple years back Vesses found out about the consort threatened to tell Collis that Nyctos had a consort in the mortal realm something she knew Collis would be very intrigued by and by intrigue Collis would have taken her from the mortal realm and used her to get to Nyctos. Then he tells her, like, luckily for you, Vess's obsession with Nyctos is greater than her loyalty to Collis. And Nyctos was able to bargain with her, get her to stay quiet basically for a price. And that price was to service her need for blood whenever she desired. So that's what Vess's was doing, feeding on him. And he didn't want her to know. And that's also when Sarah realized, like, he didn't care about the ember. Like, Nyctos hadn't been protecting the embers. Not a week ago, not a month ago, or even years ago. He'd been protecting her, someone he basically knew nothing about. And that's when she realizes that she loves him. And it's very cute. Because, of course, she told him, like, I want to be consort only because she thought that he was doing all this weird things with Vesses. But really, he was just trying to protect her and protect her name, protect her from Collis, everything like that. So she loves him and it's very cute. They then have the coronation finally. And after the coronation, they get an imprint, which is basically a given blessing. And I'm pretty sure that happens to Poppy and Cass. Isn't it Nyctos that gives them his blessing? I'm pretty sure it is. Um, But they get it as well. And they're like, oh, the union is favored by the fates. And they're like, "Mm, the fates didn't do this. And Nyctos is like, well, my father was known to do this when he favored a union and wanted it to be known to all the others. So they figure out that it was the embers, like the embers inside of Sarah that did this imprint, which is very interesting. And I'm pretty sure I didn't say this in the first book. And it honestly, like I realized it as I was reading this book, is that Nyctos can taste emotions. And do you know who else can taste emotions? Poppy. And I didn't make that connection until I was halfway through this book when um, Sarah was like, oh, what do you taste right now? Like what emotions? And he says like strawberry and chocolate. And that's exactly what Poppy says about like Cass's love, I think, or someone's love. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure she described it like that. And I was like, what the heck? Like, of course she can do that because she's Nyctos' granddaughter. Oh, I was so confused. I I wasn't confused. I was like dumbfounded. I was like, that makes sense. That makes sense why she can do that. Anyways, I thought that was a big reveal to me. I don't know if it was a big reveal to you. They finally are able to go to Kalja 
Caldra Manor to see Delphi. The first thing he says to them was, I've been waiting for you for three long years. So they ask him their questions. And he talks about this star that was created that transfers these embers and Collis has it. And they're like, well, crap, like, how are we going to freaking get this? So they explain like the situation a little bit more. And the and Delphi, he looks over at Nyctos and he says, Nyctos knows how to remove the embers from her. He he doesn't need the star. And we're like, what? I mean, I was like, what? He knows. And he must feed until the last drop of blood is taken until there's nothing but the embers left. Then they will be transferred to him. He will ascend. But you, you will not survive. You will die. So Nick Toast knew this all along. He just wanted to see if there was like another way because he doesn't want her to die. Nobody wants her to die, obviously. And he tells her all it took was one drop of primal blood for them to grow stronger in her and make it impossible for anyone to remove the embers. They have merged with her. Even if you had attempted to do this, the moment you became aware of both embers being inside her, the end result would still be the same. It'd be like cutting out her heart. So there are only three options here. Either be, you become the true primal of life and restore balance to the realms. Someone else, another primal, takes them and nobody wants that. Or she completes ascension, which she can't complete ascension because her body won't make it. And Nyctos can't love her. So that's not even going to work too. So obviously everyone is very, very upset. And he like tries to choke out the guy. And uh, then Sarah stops him. But the guy, he was like, I saw my death. I was supposed to die right there. And then he kind of goes off babbling or whatever. So already we know that the fates are changing. Like the strings are changing. Nothing is is ever like concrete. And so they just have like this really heartfelt discussion. And she tells him like, even if you had your cardia, there was no guarantee you'd love me. He's like, I would have. I would have loved you if I could have. There would have been no stopping me. I never wanted to love, not until you, Liesa. Love that. So basically he's saying like, if I were to love someone, it would be you. And I love that a lot. They come back and they're at war again. The god Attis, which they thought he they were okay with him, betrayed them and him and his brother were attacking and they have a lot of Drakens and there were a lot of Dekais there. Uh, basically he like betrayed them to Collis. Attis like basically comes to Sarah, captures her, says, hey, I need you to take away this charm on you. Like I'm going to take you. And if not, then everyone is going to die except for the primal. Like I will guarantee that. And she's like, okay, so no more lives will be lost if you take me away. And he's like, yep, absolutely. So that's what happens. And he puts her to sleep. She wakes up two days later with a shackle around her neck, which I can't even imagine that. Ugh. I don't even like anyone touching my neck. Um, There is a god there outside of her little gilded cage. It is the god that we... And I don't think I mentioned this in last week's episode. In the first book, at one point when she was still at the castle, like she hadn't really met Nyctos at all. Um, She sees this guy and he's obviously a god. He has this golden skin. He sees him with her mom um, and they're talking and everything. And that's where she assumed that they learned how to kill a primal. And it's the same god. His name is Callum. And yes, he confirms that like I showed your mom how to kill a primal. 
And he also reveals a lot of stuff to her. So listen up. This is where a lot of things drop um, because we're we're basically at the end. Like she's been captured. Basically, this happens in the last like chapter of the book. Just a lot of a lot of stuff happens. Okay, so Callum tells her that his majesty, which is Callus, learned of it the night of your birth when your father summoned the primal of life to make another deal. The very first king made a deal with the primal of death for the consort to help the farms, everything like that. So Callus didn't know about this because, of course, it was Nyctos's dad that made this deal. So when Sarah's dad calls upon the primal of life, it's Callus, and he doesn't know about the deal. And so the king had no idea that Ethos had answered his ancestors. So he spoke openly and freely with Callus, demanded basically that another deal be made, one that freed his newly born daughter from any obligations promised during the original deal. So, of course, the deal was like in great interest with Callus, duh. After all, he knew that his brother must have done something with the true embers of life since they didn't pass to Callus upon his brother's death. The Callus has known since your birth what you carry inside you. Ah, he knows. We didn't think he knew. And then Callus appears and he starts talking about that prophecy that Penelope has been talking about that we learn about in the two series and how it comes in thirds. He believes that Penelope doesn't believe he knows all of the vision. But as he's like explaining it and talking about what he thinks it means, we know that he misinterprets it to what it like. He thinks that it means the current times now, but really we find out it's like years and years in the future with like Poppy and Cass. But he's saying like, no, 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 this is right now. This is what this means. This is what this means. And it just like doesn't make sense. He's trying to justify it. She realizes that he wanted her to bring that Drake and youth back to life so that he can confirm that she had the embers. So he had that all planned. And he basically tells her like, okay, now I'm going to drain you and take the ember and so he starts to drain her satoria takes over she like slurs and says like you're killing me like you're killing me again after all these years and call stops and he's like what what did you say again satoria through sarah's body says it's not a lie ethos had her soul and placed it with the embers to be to be born again in me i'm her so it's it's like sarah and satoria talking at once And then the last thing that she really sees is like horror just etched on this king's face, like on Collis's face. And as he realizes who he held in his arms and he realizes that he's going to have to kill her again to get these embers and the doors open to where they are. And there's a silver beast, which we know is Ash. Thoughts? Feelings? When I talk about it on here, it seems like the events go very fast. And I mean, I'm kind of just telling you like the big events. But in this book, it kind of dragged out. Like there's just a lot of words. And that sounds so silly. But I really did try and pay attention as best as I can. But there was just like a lot of like fluffy things that happened and things that weren't important to the storyline. And it was just like, meh. So when the action did happen... Uh, it was really exciting and I was all ready for it and I was like reading fast through it and then it would slow down again and then something would happen and then I'd slow down again. And so I think in the slowdown parts is when I was like, I don't like this. But once I went through all my notes and I'm talking about it some more, I've realized it wasn't as boring as I thought it was. I just needed to like go back and read things. 
And yeah, so I'm hoping that it answered some of your questions. It just honestly left me with more questions because it makes you think back on the book that they're all like, oh yeah, Collis doesn't know. He doesn't know this. He doesn't know this. No, he knows the whole time that she has the embers of life in her. He just had this big plan. What he didn't know is that Sarah had Satoria's soul in her. So that was a big reveal to him. And yeah, he's had to kill her so many times or she's killed herself basically. And now he has to kill Satoria again to get these embers of life. And I don't know what's going to happen in the next book. I don't even know if it's going to be released probably in a year. Uh, but yeah, I mentioned it earlier. Is the Blood and Ash series has two more books. One being released next year. Another one being released the year after. So it's just ongoing, y'all. And I'm just going to keep doing podcast episodes until we get those, until we get to those books. And I'm just going to keep going. So then you can like reference all of them at the same time. And wouldn't that be a dream? Hopefully I'll eventually get there. But yeah, so this was the second book in the prequel to the Blood and Ash series. And I, I want to know your thoughts. Like, is this story just getting way too confusing for you? It kind of is for me. Like, literally, I feel like I have to reread the books every single time that another book comes out. Which, I mean, there's like a year in between, so it's not that bad. But there's just so much detail and so many little things that I'm like, wait, does this mean this? Does this mean this? Like the manner thing where I'm like, I feel like I should remember if this is important or not. I, I'm pretty sure that Poppy's last name is Belfour. But how it's related and everything, I don't have a clue. Like I haven't really thought about it very much. But somehow they're related. Somehow the name, yeah, it just... It takes you in a circle, and I just don't have enough brain power for that right now. But, yeah, anyways, really exciting stuff. I don't know what book I'm going to do next week just because this was such, like, a powerful couple of weeks. We did, like, the Craven book. We did the first book of this series last week and then the second book. So it's been a pretty powerful three weeks. Um, so I'm wondering if there's, like, any other books that are going to be releasing soon that we can do that on. Actually, and the week before, I think, wasn't it like the new Colleen Hoover book? So literally, the last four weeks have been like powerful books. Uh, it's exciting. I hope I don't let you down in the next episode. I did want to tell you what I have been reading recently besides this series. Um, I finished a couple books, and they were okay. Um, let's see. One of them was The Serpent and the Wings of Night which is by Carissa Broadbent. It was good. I did like it. It kind of give, gives me like hints of a lot of different things. And it's book one, I believe. But I don't think I was intrigued enough to read book two. And I don't know if book two is even out. But it was good. It was, it was, it was good. It wasn't great. It was just good. So if you need something to pass the time. Uh, but again, it's part of a series. So you might not want to start that yet. And then I did read Big Duke Energy, which is by Emma Hart. And that one was super cute. I really liked everything from Emma Hart. It is kind of spicy. Um, and then let's see. Did I ever talk about the new Tessa Bailey book, The Happenstance? Uh, it was about a harem or a reverse harem. There was like three guys, one girl. Uh, I'm Actually, I, I'm pretty sure I did talk about it. Yeah, I couldn't finish that one. I was uncomfortable. That that. Uh, genre is just not for me uh let's see I did read a series by L. Kennedy it's called The Deal 
And I don't know why I just like obsessed over it. It was, they were good. They're extremely spicy though. Extremely. They're like all in college and partying and a lot of, a lot of spice. And I want to say it was because it was like about a hockey team and I really love hockey. Uh, So it went through like members of the hockey team. And I honestly don't know why I became obsessed with it and read all four books. Literally, I read all four books in like, a couple days. I don't know if I would recommend. I mean, sure, it's quick read. If you love a lot of spice, if you love like contemporary, like college age romances and like hockey, then sure, this is a great series for you. But yeah, it just it surprised me. I was like, why do I want to read this next book? I need to read this next book. I need to know what happens with these characters. I also read Aviki. Is that how you say his name? Uh, by Taijan. Anything by Taijan is so good. I honestly don't remember what this was about. Oh, yeah. It's like from her Fallen Crest series. I think it was kind of like a little novella. So that was really quick. It was nice. It was fine. I like anything by Taijan, honestly. I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything else that I've read recently. Um, And then I just got to figure out what I want to read next. So that's going to be a dilemma. But it's at the beginning of the week, so I'm not worried about it. And the husband will be gone this week, so I will have loads of time to just read. Actually, I'll still be at work, but anyways, it's fine. I don't have anything else to do after work, but I'm just rambling at this point. Um, But I do hope that you had a great holiday, and I hope that the upcoming holidays are good for you, and just everything goes great in your life, and I hope that you have the best week. And I'm grateful for everyone. I'm grateful for your listens. I'm grateful for your follows. Definitely follow me on Instagram. Find me in a book podcast. I hopefully will be doing another giveaway soon. And that's where I announce like everything basically. So again, I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you later. Mm -hmm.